Hello and welcome to Unlock Your Vitality with Magali on a Journey. I'm your host, Magali Matthew. Here we cover all things vitality, that is living full of energy. From gut health to spirituality, nutrition to movement, we peel back the layers and unlock ways to heal and feel our best selves, one conscious habit at a time. Stick around, let's dive on in. I'm so excited you're here. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the show. I have an extremely special guest today, and I know this will be an episode that so many of you will resonate with. My dear friend, Maite Azarov, is here with us today. She's a warrior, a soul sister on a spiritual path. She's also an amazing DJ. We'll get to that. I cannot wait for you to hear her powerful story. So without further ado, Maite, welcome to the podcast and thank you so much for being here. Bonjour Magali, thank you so much for having me. And what a special day today, February 14th, Valentine's Day, talking about big topics. Big topics, <laughs> um, yeah. But I'm so glad I'm doing this with you. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in good hands. Yeah, this is a safe space and I'm really excited to see what comes out today. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's go for it. Let's go for it. So um, let's start off a little bit about your journey, how we got here. Maybe take us back to your childhood growing up, how you eventually ended up living in SF. Um, Yeah. All right. So let's start with the beginning. I was born and raised in Paris, France. Uh, I grew up... uh, with the within the family business in Paris, we have a couple of stores. We sell uh, textiles imported from India. So I was grew up going to school and then working with family. And uh, after the baccalaureate, I've decided to uh, move to the states because I was always fascinated with the Silicon Valley culture. Uh, I went to law school before that, and I was like, no, this is not resonating with me. And uh, I always had my eyes on San Francisco. And with the push of my parents, um, we were able to to send me there. Mm-hmm. I went to school. I studied a bachelor degree in business management and then later on an MBA. And all of this is in the spam of, what, like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> and then I found love in San Francisco and I married my beautiful husband. And uh, and this is why I'm still in San Francisco, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And this is actually um, through school, um, through your MBA, how we met. Yeah. So um, I think that was 2017. 2016 is when we started the program. Okay, yeah. uh, I was in the same cohort as your beautiful husband. <laughs> and then uh, and I, was, I would see you also uh, in the hallways of Halt. Mm-hmm. And shout out to Haltchins. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we love you guys. Uh, and uh, yeah, school, school brought us together. But I think we, we never really connected. I mean, we knew of each other. But this is uh, the first time that, uh, I mean, this year has been the first time where we connected on a deeper level where um, I feel like, wow, how come we didn't have this before? <laughs> I know, it's so funny. I always, obviously we have the French connection. And so I remember sometimes you, like I knew that you spoke French and that you were French and I think you knew the same. Yeah. And we would see each other here and there. But yeah, there wasn't, um, there wasn't that connection at that moment. Yeah. Um, but so it was last year um, yeah. during the loss of your husband mm-hmm. um, when I saw that and what you were going through I felt really touched by it and um, wanted you to know that we were there for you um, 
that's how ever since we felt super connected. And I gotta say, um, because the the date and location of my husband's funeral was public, and um, and when I saw you and Raoul there, uh, I felt so supported because I was not expecting mm-hmm. you two to be there. And uh, especially because during that time, you guys were planning for your own wedding. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And you shared a lot about this, the whole process on social media. And uh, just seeing you uh, in that room, at one of the most lowest point of my life, um, it, it gave me a hope that, uh, that there is still a possibility for support, to receive support and, and build meaningful connection i mean from when i saw you mm-hmm. and you know, i was like all right th- this person is going to be special in my life <laughs> because she showed up they showed up and um and what a beautiful way now with the distance to think that uh, you showed up for a, a grieving widow uh, while planning for your own wedding i'm sure it added meaning to your union with raul as for well. sure i think that's one of the ways where I connected with you so much because it was so sudden and it was so soon after what I was beginning to experience. Yeah. And so understanding that, I think it also, there were so many beautiful things that you said at his funeral that was like a wake up to understanding also what's important about that connection and that moment that you have with your special someone and that the moment that you have with them is really the only thing in the present that matters. Yeah, that, that eulogy, I, I think I wrote it in that morning uh, at 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. I had mm-hmm. no inspiration before because I was just so numb with everything and uh, the words just came through and they just flowed and it felt like it was almost coming from him as well. Mm-hmm. Like uh, his way of uh, expressing his love for me, through mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I meant every word I said in that eulogy. I still have it somewhere. Uh, I still read through it. Um, but yeah, I feel like uh, I'm very thankful that you were a part of this moment. Mm. For sure. Yeah. Well, me too, because it's brought us um, out of something that's really tragic. It's brought us a beautiful connection and yeah. a lot of love. Yeah. Um, so today's Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. How, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling, you know, it's funny because we, we always, Vasila and I, we always pretended that we didn't care about Valentine's Day, and uh, but we would always surprise each other <laughs> at the end, and uh, and today it feels like, um, you know, how people like to say, oh well, it's a capitalist holiday, it doesn't matter, love is all the time, and and I'm like, yeah, but you know what, like just embrace this moment as well. It, mm-hmm. it is, you know, there is an energy of love anyway, even if it's a capitalist holiday, this, this energy of love gets elevated more than usual. So just ride that wave. And uh, it, it definitely you feel like it feels uh, strange because it's my first Valentine's Day, but I had many firsts before that. I had my first Christmas recently alone without, I mean, without him, first New Year's Eve first birthday because my birthday is in December many firsts that I'm still going to continue to experience in the coming year and I'm I'm just uh, the only thing I can do is to let myself be in my feelings Mm -hmm. in order for me to come out of it Mm -hmm. so I'm allowing myself to feel sad yeah uh, that I'm spending Valentine's Day alone yeah Um, but at the same time I'm 
I'm also reminded that there is so much love around me mm-hmm. that I'm getting from friends and family and even from above. And uh, that, uh, you know, death, death brings a lot of questions about life and endings and beginnings. And uh, I also know and feel my husband everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, death is not an ending. Mm-hmm. And um, you have to train your mind to, to bring yourself to that state of, you know, yes, he's not physically here, but he's somewhere near. Mm-hmm. Perhaps closer than I even can imagine. So the, these kinds of thoughts um, and feelings also bring a lot of hope about love, about moving forward, about life in general. Yeah. So I'm, uh, overall, the, the big answer is I'm okay. <laughs> you know, I'm just going with the flow, Yeah. <laughs> as everyone should. For sure. Um, so in the spirit of this holiday and being at the Day of Love, can you tell us a little bit about your love story? Yeah, it's... Uh, it's a very funny one, actually, because we met back in uh, 2014. Uh, he was uh, hosting a networking event, and uh, my friend was going to go there, and she wanted, to, she wanted me to come with her as a plus one. And I remember that day, um, there were news announcements about a big storm, and you know, stay home, barricade yourself, <laughs> buy, buy food, don't even leave the house. Um, and uh, my friend who's French also she said oh you know it's just heavy rain who cares just come (laughs) it doesn't matter and um, and I ended up going and I met him and to be honest my mindset was not at all uh, into meeting anyone or expecting love because before that I had such a horrible dating life I mean Mm -hmm. I hate it I hated dating in San Francisco particularly. It was always very unsuccessful. I tried every dating apps. I even paid <laughs> to meet them. And I hated it so much that I remember the night before I met my husband, I, I went down on my knees and I said, God, I'm freaking tired of this dating thing. I'm done. I leave it to you. You know what I like. I'm just going to focus on my studies. And you do your thing. You know what I want. And... and deal with it i i'm tired of trying and literally the next day that's when i met him and i never even thought of him like that Um, but the connection kept going and he would say that he knew that Mm -hmm. i was the one because that's what he likes to say but it took me a bit longer because my mindset was just blocked i was like (laughs) i'm done with love (laughs) you know so it took a bit longer for me Mm -hmm. and that's how we went and ever since we met we actually kept seeing each other and uh, it became a beautiful friendship that turned into love and uh, even I think it took for me to propose to him because he proposed to me and then I proposed to him a month later no way. it took that moment for me to know oh he's the one mm. like he's the one what why did I have all these doubts yeah uh, tell us about that you you propose he proposed and then a month later you did so he proposed on my birthday in Iceland uh, mm-hmm. back in 2000 I think 17 or something and um I I had so many fears about mm. um and and you know coming from someone who loves love who always <laughs> looked for the love of her life somewhere uh, there was there were all these fears that creeped up because I was worried 
is, is this the one? Is this true love? Uh, my past experience, my past relationships were very volatile. They were passionate. And uh, you would think that this is what love is. Like the highs are high, very high. The lows are super, you know, heartbreaking. And for the first time in my life, I've experienced a love that felt like a, a river mm-hmm. that felt very peaceful mm-hmm. and at the beginning i think i associated with am i is this a boring relationship is <laughs> oh, this yeah. boredom you know yeah. and it took me some time again to realize like no like this feels like home mm-hmm. you know and it feels calm that. and it feels crisp and clear and easy and and so it took me this realization to be like oh wow what I had before was not at all love. Mm-hmm. It was not that at all. This is it. This is it. So that moment of clarity made me realize, okay, when I said yes to him, I didn't have all this understanding. Mm-hmm. But now that I've gained this clarity, I need to propose to him mm-hmm. so that he knows that I see him as like my king mm-hmm. and my, you know, so I did the whole, went down on my knees <laughs> I, you know, wrote him a love letter and, and I, I remember him saying that it was one of the most beautiful days of his life, Aww. of me proposing to him. I'm sure it was a big surprise. Yeah, him. but we were, it was nothing special. We were both in our pajamas and I just barged in his room while he was working. And I was like, listen, I have to tell you something. <laughs> and uh, it was very simple and yet so meaningful. Hmm. Yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love what you said also about what we think love is supposed to be. Because oh my God. these like... I think it's also from what you see, right? And I don't know, the dramatic effect of like, you're mad at your loved one and you're going to slam the door, but then they're going to run after you. I don't know if it's a French thing, this whole passionate, like fiery Mm -hmm. love and, you know, the the love and the sex is so, you know, (laughs) high, but then, you know, the... The, the frustration, the anger, and it's like a love-hate. Mm-hmm. We associate all of this with, uh, I don't know, why we... Th- I mean, personally, this is my opinion. This is for me. I, looking back, comparing those relationships, I, I realized, like, this was all juvenile. Like, yeah. it was just so immature and so not grounded, and mm-hmm. uh, the communications were off. And, and, for, and again, and that's why, because you come from knowing just that all of a sudden when you are with someone who brings calmness and harmony and who knows how to communicate and and listen and you're like well is this this feels foreign (laughs) this doesn't feel like what i'm used to and you question it i I did question it for a little bit even though i was deeply in love with him i questioned this whole thing uh and you know life will bring you aha moments Mm -hmm. where you you take a look at, at everything from um, with a little bit of distance and, and you're able to put A plus B together and you're like, oh my God, yeah, this was love like all along, this, yeah. this thing, this is what it feels like. And it felt so good. Mm-hmm. It felt so good. <laughs> and that's why our, our marriage was so meaningful and so magical mm-hmm. uh, because this awareness of what this love represents was there yeah from the beginning from from the moment we said yes to each other even mm-hmm. uh, like this level of commitment towards each other was even uh, till the end till mm-hmm. still now to be honest i think uh the that our connection is so deep that um 
again, and this this brings the topic of of life and death and our you know this sense of oneness mm. with the souls and with the people. I I feel it so strongly. I feel like uh, he's a part of me, and and I am part of him, and that somehow we're still connected. Uh, and uh, it's it's very it's deep because you don't expect to lose your soulmate. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 think of life in a very linear way where you think, okay, first it's the grandparents who leave and then the parents. And um I never saw this coming. And I've always feared the death of my loved one since mm-hmm. I'm a kid. Sometimes yeah. I would still daydream about and think about the the loss of my parents or I would even I would even imagine my own death and mm-hmm. and just cry about it because of losing the people that I love. But I never saw this one coming, and it was so sudden and so unexpected that uh, it, it, it was like a big slap on my face. Yeah. Um, but also a great awakening uh, when it comes to understanding this life thing. Yeah. 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 And I'm excited to get to that um, because I've definitely seen you blossom um, even in this yeah. very difficult time. Um, you know what's funny? Uh, because he passed in April 2022. And at the beginning of every year, um, my friends and I, we like to pick a word yeah. that, that would set the tone for the year. And I remember that for 2022, my word that I picked was a play. Mm. So I was like, oh, great. It's going to be a year where I'm going to be playing with my, you know, with my ideas and try different things. And then, boom, he died. Mm. And, and, this, and I got angry. I was like, what the mm. fuck? Am I being played? Is that what it is? Mm. But you know with again as time passes by i realized that 2022 was the year where i played the most music oh, with my djing that i i played the most with um dancing with uh, i was anchoring into the things that that brings me joy because i needed it so bad and so yeah. that's that's the first time that i've played so much music and danced so much mm-hmm. and so I still played. It was still my word. The word was correct. You know, it just showed up in a different manner, but completely different way than it was what crazy. you expected. Yeah, completely yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. So thinking about that time, April twenty twenty two, how when you think back, you know, it marks a before and an after um, for your life and for what the event of his passing happened. Can you take us back to? maybe a few days after, like, how, how are you coping? How, what's going on in you in that moment? Are you understanding, realizing? Is it months later? How, how was your experience and continues to be your experience with grief? I, I saw this beautiful message that you put on your Instagram. We'll share um, everything after so people can follow you. Um, but there's this like duality that you talk about. Mm. Um, I just want to read like three little things that at the end of the post that you put, but you said grief is suffocating and liberating. Grief is excruciating and comforting. Grief is depleting and so giving. That's just so powerful. Can you talk to us more about that duality, whether Mm. it was felt in that moment or a few months later? Like, how did you? 
Yeah, how did you live with Oof. that? I wish, I wish you could feel it because words would never be enough. But the first, the few days after finding out that he passed away, it was a total shock, obviously, um, a refusal to accept the death, but also I was so angry with God and the mm. universe. And uh, I didn't see reason for me to continue because I felt like, you know, for the longest time, I, I thought that my purpose in life was to love him mm. and to be of service to him. Um, and I think this need, this desperate need to connect with him led me to understand even more this concept of duality. I was so mad that he was no more in the physical that all I could think of was, where can you possibly be? Mm -hmm. and, and, and what can you possibly be doing without me? Because we were always together. <laughs> like, there's no way you're doing something without me. <laughs> you know? and, and so this, this, these questions this this need of connecting with him made me open my heart i guess to to the bigger picture when it comes to death mm. um you know one other thing that i'll say uh leading you know when he when I, we found out that he died was that you know it's just me here my parents are in france his mm. parents are in belarus he had a business. He still has it. I mean, it's still existing. The first people that I contacted was our team because we worked together. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, one of the first questions was like, well, what do we say to sponsors? Mm -hmm. And and so I was like, sponsors? Wow. And, and at the same time, I had to deal with, because he passed away in Nashville, you know, I wasn't there. So I had to deal with the Nashville people and I had to contact some friends and I had That's to family. have help in calling his parents because they don't fully speak English. Uh, you know, contacting my in-laws, explaining that he's no more without even me not understanding what, what just happened. Um, and um, it took some time, you know, to even know. The autopsy said that he has a large, he had an enlarged heart. This is something that we didn't even know he mm -hmm. had. And um, so when you have a large size heart and you work so much and you get stressed a lot and maybe you drink or, you know, you, you, it, it, you know, he had sleep apnea. So he had a lot of condition that, that led to mm -hmm. his heart stopping. Mm -hmm. Um so processing all of this information and then having to gather a bunch of documents and, and organizing the funeral and telling people, telling my own parents, it was numbing. It was just, I, it was like a mindfuck. I, I, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. But um, once the funeral passed, um, things got quieter because at the beginning, everybody's there messaging and showing support and then eventually that support fades away mm. and and now you're confronted with your thoughts more um and not with everybody else's feelings and uh you know uh, being a spiritual person myself i i've always ever since i was young i always had this question about god who is god what is god 
led me to learn more about other religions and other you know learning more about religions led me to become more spiritual to remove that religious barriers and just be more all accepting and that that his death provoked a lot of anger where i shut down i was so angry mm-hmm. because i said I, I always prayed for him and for his safety and i felt like I, my prayers were not heard and i felt like i was being punished or something and I was so angry with the universe. But then eventually, you still want to have hope. You still want to connect. Because you realize there's no way he's just gone. Mm-hmm. There's just no way that yeah. this is it. And so those questions, those thoughts, makes you open your heart more. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, okay, let me try this again. Let me try this whole connection spirituality again because it really started again through the, my desperate need to know that I wanted to make sure he was okay he passed I was angry that I couldn't feel him as much mm. and some of our friends they would come and say you know I saw him in a dream and he wanted me to say this to you and and I told my those people like keep coming at me Aww. whenever you feel him or because I'm for some reason I'm not feeling him as much there were moments here and there where I did, but it didn't feel like it was at the same intensity as my friends did. Mm. And then recently I had a moment where um, after the holidays happened, I I was longing for that heart-to-heart connection with, you know, I, I needed a hug, mm. you know. And so what I did is I played music and I started to move my body because I this is all like pent-up emotions that needed to be released so I played music and I started to dance and all of a sudden I I felt him yeah. I felt him dancing with him I could picture him but I also felt a presence as if he was holding me and almost as if I could even touch his hair and I was so moved by that that I started bawling like crying like a baby mm-hmm. Uh, because I was just marveled by this, this, these sensations of like a presence. And, um, so and I was like, why are you here? <laughs> I really said that. I said, you're here. And we're dancing together. And I, I started talking. I said, look, look at my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I miss you so much. And I started, you know, we started to talk. I mean, I started to say all the things that I wanted to tell him. And then I, I, felt, I felt the love that I was longing for in me. And um, I think that was his reminder that the love that I'm seeking is already within me. Yeah. Through him, but because also, because we are one, that love also comes from myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and that I don't need to look outside of myself to find that love. It's already within me. And so that, that moment was so... Oh, it was powerful. powerful, so powerful. And then I, you know, at some point I, the song ended and uh, I said, okay, well, thank you. And I said, I said, okay, bye. Guys, <laughs> I felt like he needed to go somewhere. <laughs> and then, and then I felt him saying to me, well, there's no bye. There's no mm. bye. I'm not, we're always here, mm. you know? And, and one of the thoughts was like, well, how come I don't feel you like that more often? And the sensation was, well, because I have to let you live too. You know, mm-hmm. I cannot have you hung up 
like that. But I'm always here. So things, experiences like this that really sound very, like totally it's a stretch, you know. <laughs> I, I know, right? <laughs> it, it gives you hope yeah. that, okay, there's something for me to do. Um, and even before that, I had many experiences with my friends where moments where you experience laughter, moments where you experience a beautiful, I don't know, where you see beauty, you know. It gives you hope, makes you want to keep on going. Mm. And it makes you realize, okay, I guess this life is worth mm. living. Let me do what I have to do. And if I can't do it for myself, let me do it for, for my husband who couldn't do all of his wish list, all the things that he mm. wanted to accomplish here. I owe it to him to, to live my life according to the, the drums of my own, you know, mm. own beat. Yeah, own heartbeat. Yeah. I love that. That's so beautiful. There's so many things that you said in here where I was like, oh my God, I like want to dig further. And then you kept going and I was like, I want to dig further. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, in, a, in the best way. In that I think it's, it's so powerful what you've, what you're learning through this and yeah. what you're helping others understand that there is so much more out there than, you know, us sitting at this table right now and that connection of again you were able to bring him to you and really feel him in that moment and I love that when you felt the need to say bye and he was like you know it's not I'm always here and you need to keep going yeah that's just yeah and and you know it's funny because also I was I didn't want to be you know his passing brought a lot of of my past traumas back to the surface a lot of insecurities that you know came back and one of the thing was me always feeling like a burden in people's mm -hmm. life in my parents life I always felt like I was not good enough um, and I brought that into my marriage where I felt like ah, oh, am I good, good enough wife and even when he passed I didn't want to be a burden to his soul I didn't want him to be trapped here because of my sadness so I kept praying, like, keep ascending, keep going up. Don't let me hold you back uh, because we're going to be connecting. I want to be able to feel you. And I feel like only once you ascend to that yeah. higher realm, will I be able to connect with you more. So keep on going. Don't let my sadness hold you back. I don't, I don't want you to be haunting places, you know. <laughs> and, and I promise he's not. <laughs> like, I can feel that. Um, but it, 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 it really... Like I said, it brought back all of these feelings of insecurities that I had. Not, you know, thinking that I couldn't be someone by myself. Mm. And, and, and now being forced to, to be someone, you yeah. know, and, uh, and not be codependent on anybody. And, and I will say that this experience... This is what my good friend said to me. He said, one day you'll realize how unstoppable mm. this event is going to make you. Because mm. you're going to be unafraid. What's the worst thing that can happen to you? Death. Mm. Death is the, is the worst thing. My husband will be waiting for me with open arms. <laughs> so even death is not even scaring me. So what stops me? Mm. And... Um, and I hope, if there's one thing that I hope, is that I never forget 
the desperate feelings of finding out about his passing because in that moment, nothing mattered. Not even my insecurities, not even time, nothing mattered. And, um, and I hope that I never forget this when it comes to pursuing my passions, my goals, whatever it is, a connection, just, just really just going for it and not letting anything stop me because it's such a time waster mm. and um, uh, we have no time to waste. I mean, this life is it and this whole thing about duality, the death of my husband reminds me that this life is everything and nothing at the same time meaning do what you have to do this is a playground <laughs> do what you have to do because this will come to an end and 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 do it meaningfully and don't let anything stop you there's no such i you know there's no dream that is too big mm-hmm. to achieve I really love that. i called this podcast unlock your vitality because i think so many of us are living a version of ourselves that is not in our fullest vitality Mm -hmm. and when I think of vitality I really just think of yeah that energy that we all have and the capability that that energy and that when you're when you're following your purpose when you're living in alignment with yourself you're just going for it you know seeing what happened to you you went back to connecting to what was innate in you in terms of music right it was like this thing that called you back and that you're moving forward with and as you're doing that it's also the thing that you're able to connect more with him because you're connecting more with yourself with my joy yeah the more i connect with things that feel aligned the more i'm in tune with what resonates and what feels right and i'm in tune with him as well but here's the thing though uh i never knew how much I connected with music until it happened and mm. I felt desperate about it mm. you know I, I, it, it, because I grew up not believing that I could pursue these things it was almost unattainable you know uh, I wanted to work in fashion but that's not something that I grew up thinking oh this is something I can pursue just like music you know growing up with Indian immigrant parents uh, you never think that your dreams, your hobbies could be something that you can actually pursue because they had such hardships in their lives that their hope for you is that you become a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer, even though they don't even know what it means to be an engineer. And so I didn't even allow myself to dream my dreams fully. And it's only later on that I was more aware of, wow, I really like fashion I really like music I really like dancing I really like drawing and there are many other things that I'm going to find out about myself I know but the thought of potentially living of it Mm -hmm. was never a possibility and so because of that I just downgraded them as just hobbies and didn't even allocate any time for it because why you know time is money that's what you learn but with the passing of, of Basile it became almost a survival thing to lean on to those things that were making me feel a bit better Mm -hmm. and uh, the first thing actually was was dancing was movement Mm -hmm. Uh, this whole experience of death had me so static that my body was begging to move 
and I hate working out. I'm not a workout <laughs> person. I see all your stories of you running and everything. I'm like, how does, how does this girl do it? I can't. I hate working out. And yet, my body was begging to move. Mm. And one way for me to move my body is not by going to the gym, it's by dancing. I love that. And so I was like, all right, dancing resonates with me. So let me, you know, find you know, a dance class. And at the time I was in Paris, I was spending the summer there. And I, the only thing that I could do was signing up for these classes. It was belly dance class, which is interesting because belly oh. dance, it's a lot of lower movement. It's moving the womb and the, the belly and the things, you know, that we hold women, all of our emotions, we hold it in our, you know, stomach area. Yeah. So it unlocked something, you know, yeah. dancing and, and having those parts of my body activated it did something where i i had a glimpse of what it feels like to be in my body again and to be in my power again even though it was just one minute of feeling mm -hmm. of like oh i feel good right now you know mm -hmm. and that's the only thing i could i could do like this, for three months in paris i would dance for five hours and that's the only thing i was committing to because another thing that debt does is you stop planning ahead so much because the reality mm -hmm. is so in your face that the only time that you have is this very moment yeah. that I mentally and physically became incapable of planning for tomorrow. You feel every second passing by. Mm -hmm. And and again, this whole duality thing, it's, it's, uh, it's like I was dreading the next day. But at the same time, I was amazed by how fast it went by mm -hmm. and so constantly like oh my god understanding the understanding this whole thing this whole concept of time is so distorted yeah um we again we think that life is is a checklist of things that needs to accomplish in order to get to point a to b to c and it doesn't work like that mm -hmm. and, and and that awareness is now the base of, of how I'm making any decisions in my life right now. And this is something that does not resonate with a lot of people, you know, even in my family. They don't understand some of my choices right now mm. with this music thing. They're all worried, like, what are you going to do with your life now? Mm. I'm like, I'm not even worried yeah. because I'm taking each day as it comes and I trust, I have to trust my every move with now that I have this awareness. And, and trust in the right timing and trust in if my body today is feeling tired and I don't want to do anything, I'm going to honor that and I'm not, I'm not going to do anything. And I, and because I have the freedom and the luxury to, to rest whenever I want, I'm going to honor that, yeah. that flexibility that I have. It's almost my duty. Yeah. If I can do it, I owe it to myself to take that time to do what I want. And, um, and it, it, it's very, it's freeing in a way, to, to be able to see things for what it's like, but it's also scary because your whole environment doesn't vibe that way. Yeah. You know, everything around you, everybody's working, everybody's doing something, everybody has a goal to attain, and then they ask you, well, what do you do? It's a question I, I fucking hate asking, you know, being asked because I, I don't fucking know what I'm doing, but... <laughs> Um, somehow I'm, I come at the end of the day feeling like, okay, but I've accomplished something, you know? I think you are embodying so well this awakening that you 
had through this experience and is living in alignment. And our society doesn't recognize that as quote unquote successful. Yeah. Because it's like, well, how do you measure that? You know, what yeah. what does that look like? And yeah. I feel the same as you in before being in the tech world, people ask you what you do at a party or whatever. It's like, oh yeah, here's my little spiel. And now having a completely different life that I'm still figuring out, it's like, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, but like, is, is the, are you asking this because you're asking who I am? Like, yeah. how does that, so I think it's, a lot of people can relate to that. Mm-hmm. What I love so much about what you said is that, again, you're living your life in alignment with what resonates every day, what you're connecting to your intuition, what you're, you're being guided. 100%. The only thing that I pray for right now is just, is clarity. Every day I, I pray and I ask for clarity. Give me clarity and guide my every step. And, mm-hmm. and that's all I can do because I feel so anchored into the universe guiding me and trust. I trust so much. I surrender because mm-hmm. that's all I could do at that time was surrendering to the day as it came and trusting my every step. And now it's almost my motto. It's like, mm-hmm. that's how I'm going to roll from now on. And you know, coming from the startup world myself with my husband and everything, now I am I'm almost, I resent that world right now. And that's a healing that needs to take place because we've been in it for so long. Yeah. Uh, and especially here in the Bay Area, we have this sort of woke culture, but people don't realize how toxic the startup world can be and how an on- being an entrepreneur, it's you sacrifice a lot. A lot. And everybody talks about their Series A and everything. and. And, and but it still remains very transactional and uh, I, I wish that my husband you know he, he he gave himself so much into this environment thinking this is our this is going to be our future we, ha- we have to sacrifice time and energy because this is going to lead up to a house and a family life and security and safety and now for what yeah you know we we are about to buy a house we were about you know there were many things that we were about to do and we saved up money thinking well you know we need the cash for the down payments we need let's let's not go on that weekend let's not make that trip because we need to save up and because of the pressure of everybody like you need to settle you need a home for what now Mm. you know because all that remains are the memories that Mm. you have and i wish we were not you know trying to save up so much we didn't pay ourselves many times because we were returning that money to the start to the to the business many decisions that now i think about and that allows me to make better decisions today mm-hmm. um, because i i realize this can all end tomorrow mm-hmm. my own life can all you know and everything can just end so how how do you want to live you know how do you want to experience this life next I hope that people will be able to one day talk about death more casually and normalize, you know, this topic of grief, which is why I feel so called to pursue my podcast channel, Hello Self, because I want to be talking about this constant process of death and rebirth, because the more we're able to talk about this, the more people will be able to live life according to what feels aligned to them Mm -hmm. and not what the society or the family expectation because it's it's just so important this time here is limited yeah 
I don't want to miss my mark. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want people to miss their mark. For sure. So, um, yeah. I think it's, uh, yeah, very powerful. And I think a lot of people are going to, I hope, take this and look at their lives and understand the things and that they want to change to yeah. be living more in, in the moment. Yeah. You talked a little bit about um, death and rebirths. I want to maybe end this with, you know, Anybody could be experiencing loss right now. Mm-hmm. It might not look like the loss you experienced. What advice do you have for somebody that is going through their own death rebirth cycle? Mm. I love that question. I think what helped me was the fact that I was always curious about why I was reacting the way I did, why I made choices certain choices, why, I was always curious about the whys of everything. Mm. And so people in the spirit world will call it, you know, doing that shadow work, mm-hmm. uh, instead of pushing away the things that you resent or that you want to avoid, want, ask yourself, what are you really avoiding? Where is it stemming from? And the more you do this inner work of trying to understand where your limitations and the way you react are coming from, the more you can liberate yourself. I think this. I think it's Carl Jung who said that. Um, until you expose the shadows, the shadows are going to lead your life yeah. completely. And you might something like that. You know, I'm yeah, paraphrasing, yeah. but understand that um, this this life, this human experience, comes with a whole lot of emotion that we are meant to experience. Everything cannot just be joyful, right? As much as I pray for ease and joy and suffering pain loss it's also part of this package that we're in and so like we we talked about it earlier right if the more you are able to understand yourself the the less uh you are a victim of external things Mm -hmm. that are happening Mm -hmm. and and less attached you are to expectations yeah you know it doesn't mean that you have to be detached from things because I, I love, I love love. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I, I, I love to be fully into things. But, you know, understanding that life is a cyclical thing and life is happening. It's not happening to you. It's yeah. just happening. Yeah. And, and if there's one thing that is guaranteed is that we're all going to die. It's, if it's the only thing that is guaranteed is that this is going to end for us at some point. We don't know when. How come we don't talk about this yeah. more? You know, so th- there's a lack of language around death in general. I think there's a big discomfort for people too, yeah. because it's this, I guess, unknown and scary and the taboo almost experience yeah. that we know we're all going to have. And so I love what you said about, you know, that you hope more people will talk about death. Yeah, I think that's something that yeah I very much resonate with and death doesn't just come in the physical form right any change that happens in our life is a little death you know Um, the change of a a job loss or a relationship that ended or any a move you know changing location that's also that's like leaving a part of you letting go of that and, and coming back to life with the new with a sense of newness yeah whatever that is so it's it's an ongoing process 
And the more we talk about it, the more we support each other in, in these moments, I think the more fulfilling our life can be because mm -hmm. our choices would be led based on that awareness. Mm -hmm. yeah. At least that's how I'm trying to live my life. I mean, I am full of uncertainties right now. This is the least stable life right now that I'm having because I just don't know what's going to happen to me next. All I know is that DJing is something that I want to really pursue because I like the healing aspect of music. I like the gathering aspect of music. Mm. I want a gener I want my experience, my being to be a positive experience to others. And that will come through music. And I'm sure that's going to come through many other ways. Sure. Um, and that's something I'm excited to explore. So there is hope. There, hope. there is hope and the heart is open. Mm. You know, I, when Vasil passed away, he set the bar so high for every man because mm -hmm. he was so good he really felt like an angel on earth he i thought there's no way there's going to be someone like him there's no mm -hmm. there's no way he knew how to talk he was such a good listener he was so compassionate he like all the the qualities i i saw in him and i thought this guy set the bar so high it's going to be impossible for me to meet someone else and and i thought for a second that maybe love is not a priority for me anymore that i had it mm -hmm. i know what it's like to be loved so much that you would think it's god loving you i had that and i feel like there are many people who who live many lifetime without having this experience i had that and yes he transitioned but i thought okay now that i had that i need to focus on other things but again life doesn't work like that mm -hmm. that 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 longing to be love and to give love remains mm -hmm. and so one lesson that i had very recently is that uh oh i guess my heart is willing mm. to find that mm. again you know yeah. but it has to start from within myself yeah. because otherwise i'm, I'm going to keep your happiness cannot be outside of you yeah and so this is right now the healing journey that i'm going through it's self-love you know and being able to be comfortable with who I am by myself, love myself the way he loved me, mm -hmm. you know. I and that. and I trust that it will attract the right relationships and the right opportunities. A hundred percent. Yeah. If you're guided by love. Oh my gosh, there's so much. We could keep talking for hours. I know, right? <laughs> like happy hour, let's go. <laughs> Um, where can people hear your amazing DJ sets? Okay, so I'm on SoundCloud, mm -hmm. my Azarov. You can find me there. Uh, you can find me on social media, on Instagram, again, my Azarov. And um, I will be performing more and more, I think, in the city, uh, awesome. in San Francisco. So, you know, stay tuned, I guess. <laughs> And we'll share the links also in the show notes sure. so it's easy access for people. And uh, and I'm going to be launching a podcast very soon about these topics of death and rebirths. Uh, it's going to be called Hella Self Podcast. So stay tuned for that. I um, love it. I can't believe I'm saying stay, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is... Um, I, I will say this, I've uh, always had this sense of uh, insecurities about being seen, but after what I went through, uh, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like, everybody's going to see, and I'm going to be doing what I'm meant to be doing and whatever is calling for me, so 
uh, yeah, I'm letting go of all these fear of judgments and I'm just going to have fun with my life and explore and fail as many times as I need to mm, yeah. until I get to where I want to be. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. You are an inspiration to many. You inspire me so much and I admire so much of everything that you've gone through with your journey, how aligned you are. So I'm so excited to share you with the world through this little conversation or long conversation. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and again, I know we'll be coming together even more creating amazing experience for people as well so i'm excited for that and, and thank you for holding space for me because mm -hmm. this is the first time that i'm talking about all of this uh in a public platform and you know it's funny because as you were asking questions there are so many thoughts that are going on so this is a conversation that will keep on going for mm -hmm. sure yeah that has to keep on going and thank you for sharing it with us oh thank you for being here for me <laughs> <laughs> all right guys that's it for this week see you next week this week's well-being tip of the week is coming back to love. This is a really simple, whether it's journaling or even just saying these things out loud. What do you love? What are things that you love? Whether it's, I'll give you an example for me. I love the morning sunlight. And I mean, whatever the temperature is outside, just sitting on the floor, on the ground, outside and feeling that first beam of light that first ray of light it doesn't even necessarily feel warm yet because it's in the morning and so depending on the time of year it's just yeah it warms me up inside this feeling i love spending time with my loved ones i love laughing i love recording this podcast i could go on and on and on so yeah, just taking a moment just for you right here, right now. What do you love, my love? <laughs> All right, talk to you next week.